Welcome to Own It from Womenly Change. I'm Mackenzie Caligiuri, marketing specialist and podcast producer. On today's episode, CEO and host Tiffany O'Donnell talks to Erica Cole, the founder and CEO of No Limits, a startup adaptive apparel company with the mission of increasing comfort, confidence, and independence in those who struggle with clothing due to a disability. Erica lost her leg in a car accident in 2018 and started No Limits out of a personal need for adaptive apparel. No Limits recently closed a 1.4 million seed round after appearing on Shark Tank with investors Mark Cuban and Emma Greed. No Limits has products for a wide range of disabilities including a wheelchair pant, limited dexterity collection, and their recently launched sensory friendly collection. Erica, thank you so much for joining us on the Own It podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Before we get started, I'd love to share with our viewers. Now, you are in Richmond, Virginia right now, right? Yes. Okay. But you spent some pretty impactful times in the state of Iowa, specifically in Iowa City. You want to tell our listeners among your college highlights? Yes. Well, I grew up in Cedar Rapids, um, went to University of Iowa for school, and I was herky while I was there. So it was a herky. really fun Friends, fun time. we have herky on the line <laughs> right now. I don't know about you, but uh, she's been hanging out with some pretty fancy people lately, which we will talk about. But uh, I don't know about listeners, Hawkeye fans out there. I mean, I feel like I'm talking to somebody pretty fancy right now. <laughs> it was a good time. That's so great. That's so great. Um, okay, so let's talk about let's talk about what you're doing these days post post Herky and the Hawkeyes. You are a founder and CEO of an organization called No Limbits, and that's L I M B I T S, and not on accident. Can you give us a, a little insight into into what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually say no limits. The B is silent, and it's a little bit of a pun because I'm an amputee. Um, and we serve people with disabilities. So I lost my leg in 2018. I was really struggling with clothing when I first got my prosthetic. Um, I was wearing sweatpants that were like three sizes too large because nothing would fit over the top. It was wearing through uh, my clothes really quickly. I was getting holes and everything. So I started just on a sewing machine altering clothes for myself and then kind of long story short, it snowballed into a startup. And we're now, you know, a few years later, we've got five full-time folks. We've raised some venture capital. It's a full, full business. So it's a really cool journey to get here. So <laughs> what is it that you need that wasn't out there? Can you just describe how you had to adapt clothing-wise? Absolutely. So when I first started, I was uh, installing hidden zippers into my pants. Um, I actually ended up having to make some pants from scratch just because nothing would fit over the top. Like I couldn't find you're in like the heart of, of skinny jean season a few years ago. But now it's still easier to dress with that hidden zipper to get it on and off when wearing a prosthetic. And then we reinforced some key areas. So I was doing a lot of alterations on a sewing machine um, and then decided to make it a ready to wear product because that's how I felt that people with disabilities should be able to have the same shopping experience as everyone else. So that's where we started. And then recently we've launched some new categories. So we were finding that it wasn't just people like me, people who are amputees who are struggling with this. It was kind of people with disabilities across the board. So 
as I was doing these alterations, I started to do more alterations for folks in wheelchairs and with other unique dressing needs. So as we grew the startup, uh, we recently launched a collection of wheelchair pants. So clothing has been designed for the standing body for as long as clothing has been around. So we really went back to the drawing board and created something really unique for wheelchair users. Um, and then we also launched a sensory friendly collection and a limited dexterity collection. So we're really you know, building to be that resource for people who are struggling with clothing due to disability across the board. I can't imagine what a relief this is to people who have faced these challenges. And, and for those of us who haven't, could you just give us a glimpse into, for example, how you needed to adjust wheelchair-friendly clothes? You know, what does that yeah. look like? Sensory available clothes. What does this look like? Absolutely. So each category kind of has their own unique challenges. I'll dive into the wheelchair pants. It was a really technical product to develop. So if you think about how your body changes over time as it's seated in a wheelchair, Typically, people have some muscle atrophy in their legs, but that doesn't necessarily affect the waist size. Um, but there's a hip measurement that changes over time. So our intern actually is getting her PhD in like how bodies change in wheelchairs over time for the purpose of applying it to apparel. This is such a new category that we had to go back into how is clothing graded and how does that change for the seated body? So it went down to that level of detail in the sizing, but then there are also special features that we included. So we have zippers down the sides because people who are in wheelchairs are often dressing while laying down. So it's easier to be on your side and pull up a closure on your side mm -hmm. than kind of a front fly situation. And that means they also fold open so someone can do their own catheter changes without leaving the chair. They're oh. low rise front and a high rise back to be just more comfortable in the seated position. And then we mm -hmm. took out back pockets because those can even cause bed sores for folks in wheelchairs. And we put them on the front thigh. So you still have, you know, phone wallet keys accessible right there, kind of on top of your lap when you're sitting. Yeah. So that's wow. our wheelchair product. And we're super excited about that. And then sensory friendly is a really interesting category because they're great products for anyone to be able to wear. They're moisture wicking. They're, they have a cool touch feel to them. They're actually a really nice, like when you touch them and feel them, you can feel a difference. They feel kind of cold to the touch and they're also seamless and um, tagless. So it's designed for anyone who has sensory processing challenges, which was originally thought to kind of be just present in kids, but we're finding that that's not the case. These sensory challenges continue into adulthood and there aren't any brands that are serving that population right now. So we're excited to be able to launch that. You know, that's just, that's just a glimpse uh, into, into that, into what you're working on. And I, like I said, I can't, I can't imagine uh, what a beacon of light and hope you are to people who deal with this every day. You know, were you surprised there wasn't anything like this? I was, I was really surprised that because they're not like rocket science. Sure, we put a lot of effort into it, but it's not like rocket science changes that we're making mm -hmm, to this. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised also when you do a little digging like this market size is a lot larger. Everybody's like, oh, maybe it's too niche. There aren't enough people that experience this problem. But there are like 35 million people in the US alone that wow. experience challenges due to disabilities. And there, there are very, very few options out there, especially ones that don't feel super medical. Like we wanted to bring 
joy and fun and the lifestyle feeling to this category that was very medical when we entered the space. For sure. And you've you've gotten the attention of some pretty big investors. You want to give us an idea of some of the people you're talking to? Yes. So we appeared on Shark Tank uh, in so 2022. Cool. It was just an incredible experience. That was um, really what started to propel a lot of our growth. Um, and we ended up landing a deal with Mark Cuban and Emma Greed. Wow. And Emma Greed is the co-founder of Good American with Khloe Kardashian. She's building a, a billion-dollar denim brand. So to have her Mm. guidance through building what we're building has just been, I mean, I tell her all the time, I'm like, you've saved me another month in this like <laughs> half hour conversation. You know? Wow. Um, and I it's think really you great. Know, one of the most interesting things about your story is, you know, you really come to this kind of later in life than a lot of people. I mean, you lived your life with all your limbs, you know, most of your life. You want to just kind of get, give us some background on, on what, changed your world? Yeah. So I was in college. Um, I was a fully able-bodied person. I was pursuing a chemistry degree. I ended up finishing my chemistry degree, but my junior year, I was in an accident and lost my leg, uh, left leg below the knee. I'm a left below knee amputee. This is, I mean, it was night and day. I mean, it was one day I was walking around just like everybody else. And then I didn't walk for almost the next two years going through multiple surgeries, trying to finish my degree, trying to just like continue living the life of a, a normal college student, which spoiler was not, <laughs> was not the, the most, like when you think of a college experience, it was not the greatest college experience after that. But I was just looking for like things to make this, the process easier. And because I was struggling with a prosthetic for so long, I was really involved in the amputee community. And I actually found this beautiful community of people with disabilities um, that I never would have met otherwise. Uh, and that's really what allowed me to kind of start this business and explore and see this need. So it was kind of a cool part of my healing process was engaging with this community that I now get to engage with every single day because of what I do. And I have to imagine it would have been so much easier. I think a lot of us wouldn't have blamed you for just fading into the background after something like that. What did it take to get you on this path? I think just like a sheer determination of wanting to get back to normal. And there was something in that along the way, I realized that normal was never going to be normal again. But I was like, just really stubborn in like, I want things to go back to the way they were before. And there was a lot of pain in that also knowing that that would likely not happen. I got back to doing like 90% of what I was doing before, but there was this gap between wanting to get back to what was normal and where I was at in reality. And so if I were to do it again, I think that journey would be a lot easier. I just you know, try to embrace that, like, this is what's normal now. Like, there is no normal. You're just living life the best you can with what you have in the moment. Yeah, I, I think just trying to not let it stop me um, was what got me through as well as engaging with the community. It was really nice to hear from other folks who 
you know, at the time, a lot of people were sending me, they're like, look at this Paralympian, you can do that. Look at this. You know, have you heard of Amy Purdy? She's snowboarding on two prosthetic legs. Have you heard of this Paralympian has like, look, I'm never going to be a Paralympian. That's not the reality for me. But like engaging with people who live the everyday life of a person with a disability helped me kind of figure out what that meant for me. Elevate your career through Mount Mercy University's Master of Strategic Leadership program. You'll explore leadership styles, study decision-making models, examine change management, reflect on a growth mindset, and hone your personal brand through our practical curriculum. Expand your professional network, grow as a leader, and graduate ready for the next level of your career. Explore our program at mtmercy.edu msl. You have entrepreneurs in your family? Is this... Is this, are you no. the first? <laughs> yes, I am the first. And it was, my parents were like, cause I, I did, I finished my chemistry degree. I had um, several job offers and I was like, you know, I think <laughs> in the middle of COVID, I'm just going to go off and do my own thing. And they're like, what are you doing? Oh gosh. <laughs> you know? It's I'm our like, job, Erica. It's what we oh, do I know. as parents. <laughs> and the thing, when I started, so I was, I was 23 when I f- went full time on the business I didn't know what that meant when I was 23. Like, I didn't know what turning down a job offer and starting a <laughs> company meant. And now I'm like, man, that was quite the risk. To, you know, it didn't click at the yes. time. What a I risk actually that think was. That's probably the good news, Erica. Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure if you had told me, like, if I had understood the level uh-huh. of risk at 23, I'm not sure if I would have been so keen to jump on it. Not that I don't absolutely love what I do, but the chances of getting here were we're beating some odds here with even how far we've made it already. Well, I think there is a temptation to, to celebrate overnight successes and for the temptation to look, you know, from 30,000 feet above and say, wow, um, you know, she's really made it. You want to give us an idea of kind of the hard work that goes into that and what your, what your days are like now? Yeah. Oh man. Um, there is, I guess I'll paint this really grim picture because this is how it actually was. I was, there were six months where I was living in DC on this program. It was called Halcyon because you're not paying yourself at first. I didn't get, I got my first W2 paycheck from No Limits um, less than a year ago. So I'm like going to accelerators and having ramen every day and like continuing that college lifestyle that I thought was going to end when I graduated. Um, I was in DC on this program. It was for social impact entrepreneurs. It was really cool. We were living in this, this huge kind of mansion type house, but I was in kind of a, a basement. And I, there were days where I did weeks, weeks at a time where I did not leave that room. And just, I mean, the second you wake up to the second you go to bed, you're working on this thing. And I think people think that like in this, those early stages of the business, you have to try a lot of stuff. So you're putting in 16, 18 hour days. You're not getting 16 to 18 hours worth of work and benefit out of that. You know what I mean? You are trying thing after thing after thing to see what works and what sticks and you're learning. Like you have to, there's such a steep learning curve in entrepreneurship. So you're trying to keep up with the rate that your business is growing. 
now it's a little less i have a little more work-life balance than that but i think there's like this joke of like do what you want and you'll never work a day in your life and i'm like i'm doing what i want but i I definitely work every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like um but it's just so rewarding and i'm i'm putting together this wall right now um in the back of my office and like every time we get a review like we celebrate as a team our reviews and i print them out and put them on a wall and like you know, we'll get these special messages that are like, I haven't been able to wear a regular pair of jeans in 20 years. And this is the first pair of jeans that I've worn as an amputee. Thank you. Like those go on the wall and they make the hard days worth it because it is not easy, but it's also, I love working on a team. I love working with my team and I love working on something that I think is truly meaningful and making a difference. And so um, I'm grateful for that opportunity every day. So how'd you get to Richmond? Yeah, I went uh, kind of on a (laughs) soul-seeking journey to try to figure out where I wanted to set up headquarters for the business. I did a one-week program out here called Lighthouse Labs. It was like a three-month incubator program with coaching and business programming, but there was one week in Richmond, Virginia. And after uh, the one week in person here... I went back, I was living in St. Louis at the time, and I was still having conversations with a lot of the mentors around here. And I was like, this is the community that I was looking for, because it's so important, I think, as a founder, to be in a community where there are other founders that are growing, either a step ahead of you, step behind you, or neck and neck, so that you can compare experiences. And that was here in Richmond. So I decided to set up shop here. I say that because selfishly, we'd love you back in in Iowa, in Cedar Rapids, someday, someday. Maybe. I was just there. I was actually just in Cedar Rapids a couple of weeks ago to visit my my parents. They were they're still in Iowa, so I get back there at least once a year. I'm so glad. They must be so proud. They are. It's funny. My dad will talk about his work friends and how it's cool that I was on. He loves telling everybody I was on Shark Tank, and it's just a really <laughs> sweet. Like, that is pretty you cool. Know, proud I mean, dad moment. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Who goes on Shark Tank? I mean, I, you're the only <laughs> one I know. I can't imagine this. That's a pretty small club. I don't know. They're at season 15, I think. Oh, my God. There are more of us than you think. <laughs> well, you make us proud. You make us proud. Thank and, you. Um, and I appreciate your perspective and being willing to share that so openly and honestly. And, you know, more than anything, I just appreciate the what you represent for people that aren't always represented. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I got to ask you, one of the questions we ask all of our guests on Own It is, you know, what is your superpower and how do you own it? Hmm. I think something that I've developed over the course of this business is making fast decisions and making decisions with 80% of the facts. Taking the time to get that extra 20% doesn't necessarily change the outcome of the decision, but it takes a lot of time. Um, so getting comfortable making decisions. And there are there are a lot of make or break decisions in a business, but there are a lot of decisions that aren't make or break. So you just need to make a decision and move on with it and go with it. So I think being able to do that and trust your gut a little bit, I think that is one of my superpowers in the business. Very cool. Erica Cole, it is just a privilege and a pleasure to get to know you. Thanks for all you do. Well, it's been so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me.
Did you hear? We have 50 more tickets available for the Womenly Change Conference Des Moines featuring Captain Sandy. Register today at wlcglobal.org. Tickets are going fast. Registration for the Womenly Change Conference Quad City closes October 24th. Register today at wlcglobal.org. Follow Womenly Change on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much. More information and tickets can be found at wlcglobal.org.